Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. In a field, of course, that is just so important to all of us because, you know, with everybody concerned about COVID and the election and everything, it's kind of nice just to have some solid paranormal investigators out there who love what they do, do it almost 24-7. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when I sleep. I definitely don't know when you sleep. My gosh. Well, it is a lifestyle. And, you know, I've been self-employed since I was a teenager, and I figured out how to go and do the things that I love. You know, I had a relative who told me when I was a kid, do what you love and the money will come, and I believed that. And so I've traveled the world. You know, I've been to Transylvania and Romania. I've investigated the Tower of London. The, I lived in the Bermuda Triangle. I went to, of course, explore the Mayan pyramids in Central America. And what I have found is that, you know, you can get into this field many different ways, whether it's ghosts or UFOs or cryptids or psychic stuff. But if you really are serious and you stick with it and it becomes a lifestyle, you start to see all these things connect and you also begin to see that there is something that can only be described as inter dimensional here, that there are certain windows that open up. And you know what, George, of all the things that I have investigated over my most of my life at this point, my favorite has got to be the Mothman. What a great story. I remember going to the movie when it came, when it came out in 2002 with Richard Gere, and they yeah. had flashes of the Mothman in the film, but so fast you couldn't see what it was. You, you went, what was that? You know, they, they'd have these one or two second cuts in there. But what a great story. Do you know much about John Keel, the late John Keel? Oh, yes. Oh, he is one of my favorite authors. I, I really wish I'd gotten to meet him. Unfortunately, I, I didn't meet him uh, in person, but uh, his work affected me tremendously because he was extremely nuanced in looking at all the different facets of why that people perceive these strange things. It's, it's very easy and tempting for investigators like myself to just take things and sort of categorize them and, and stick them in, the, well, this is the ghost folder, this is the UFO folder, or whatever. But he said maybe there's something more particular going on here about the mind-body-environment relationship and what you find ultimately, is that we are sort of looking through this lens into other dimensions. And occasionally, things, things become more in focus or out of focus, and I believe that there are these limited periods of time when we can interact with other beings and they can interact with us, and for all we know, we're just as shocking to them as they are to us, and that is when we see a massive change happening in the environment. In December 15, 1967, the collapse of the Silver Bridge out there yeah. in the West Virginia area and the death of 46 people on that incident gave rise to the legend, of course, connected to the Mothman. And uh, something happened in uh, Moscow. There were Russian apartment bombings. People thought they saw the Mothman there. How tied in is this creature, whatever it may be, and I'll have you elaborate on that in a second, to uh, tragedies? Well, this is something that kind of makes the hair stand up uh, on the back of your neck because all throughout history, we do have this 
um, sense that there are winged beings that are somehow at least interacting, if not manipulating humankind. And it's easy for us to say, well, uh, sometimes the good ones are are angels, or the bad ones are demons, but maybe it's not just so clear-cut. And it also becomes even more confusing because you think, well, okay, well, why do they have wings? I mean, uh, if they're from another dimension, why do they need to have these big clumsy wings to fly around? And what you realize is that perhaps we are sort of interacting with some of these beings mm-hmm. that are partially affected by our own physical atmosphere when they are here, and then they're obviously otherworldly. I mean, look at, for example, the black dogs or hellhounds, as they are called. They look like normal dogs, except they're huge, and they have red eyes. Or they're beady they red eyes, radiate. that's right. Yeah, they radiate all this heat. So, you know, it's sort of like there are these creatures that are just right there on the boundary uh, that share some of the conditions of our realm, but they also have clearly not come from this realm. And so sometimes, just like we have special weather conditions uh, on Earth, when the atmosphere is operating in a certain way, like when there's a hurricane or a tornado, maybe there is this thing called interdimensional weather. And so sometimes there is this uh, sort of chaotic uh, lensing effect that goes on between our realm and other realms. And for a period of time, we get to interact with these beings, and unfortunately, it often leads up to a big snap. It's like the discharge of a capacitor. It's like the discharge of a lightning bolt when something physical snaps. And in the case of Mothman, like you said, well, we have the worst bridge tragedy in the history of our country when in December of 1967, you know, all these people around West Virginia had been seeing the Mothman and other things. Uh, There was poltergeist activity and uh, also, you know, people experiencing uh, men in black and all that kind of stuff that John Kill wrote about. And then all of a sudden, it leads up to this horrible day when everybody's out shopping for Christmas gifts and they're lined up on that bridge. Oh, my God. I'm waiting. It's, you know, it was a traffic jam, I think, on the bridge. Can you imagine yeah. that bridge collapsing and you're in your car and there's nothing you can do? You know, people have, there are at least two or three witnesses, and, you know, this this kind of stuff is always uh, sort of anecdotal and shaky because a lot of people do not want to be associated with what we're talking about right now. But there are at least two or three witnesses who said they saw the Mothman on the Silver Bridge when, I mean, like moments before it collapsed, all these people fell into the water. You had Christmas gifts floating around. I mean, there's you, you, you can't come up with a much more terrible scenario than this. And then after that, the Mothman just disappeared. And so I, throughout my research, have always looked at scenarios where these Mothman-type creatures appear and if I get a bunch of reports, I get out of Dodge, and 
you know, I, I thought one of the great things about coming on to Coast to Coast AM and talking to you, George, is that I have documented that I told you when I was in Puerto Rico and I lived there for five years that people started seeing this big, dark, winged creature, very similar to the to, to the Mothman, around this town called Guanica, and I hated to do it. But I started traveling around and telling people, look, it's possible that something bad is going to happen here soon. And that was less than a year before Hurricane Maria hit and devastated Puerto Rico. And since then, it's been a series of earthquakes and political unrest. And this is a pattern uh, that we see all around the world. Josh, could Mothman have been or is the devil? I don't think that we can say that these creatures are necessarily good or evil. I think that they just might be creatures that we are exposed to when things are warping and changing. And so we humans have interpreted seeing them as a harbinger of doom. So it's it's obvious that we would associate them with something devilish. In fact, uh, in Puerto Rico... They call this being the gargola, which literally means gargoyle. Gargoyles, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he and he's about, you know, six, seven feet tall. He's got the big bat wings. Um he he has these weird legs that kind of bend backward at the knee instead of forward. Uh, often his face is described as looking like a dog. Um, and so when people see this creature, uh they're you know, they're obviously terrified, but Frequently, they see him hovering around churches and, um, and shrines and places of, uh, of spirituality, and that makes us question um, if there is a connection between mm-hmm. what we humans are projecting as a good, positive vibe and them sort of feeding off of it. And it's a terrible thought, but what if they actually feed like parasites off of our spirituality and our bioenergy and we consider that evil and demonic but uh, it's just a part of spiritual evolution what if mothman was just a natural huge bird like a thunderbird or something like that is that conceivable well it certainly is in particular cases i mean you know uh there are people who have studied the incidents around the Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 1967, who have said that they think this could have been some rogue, bizarre, anomalous owl, for example. Uh, as some people talk about Bigfoot, some have called him Big Hoot. Um, but it just doesn't add up because, you know, even if an owl is gigantic, you would imagine it's still going to more or less behave like an owl. And the Mothman, according to all the eyewitnesses, did not behave like a a creature known here on Earth. Uh, For one thing, it had had that humanoid kind of shape to it. Mm -hmm. And there are are, are, radiation uh, stories. uh, And and also, sometimes it wouldn't even flap its wings, but it would still rise into the sky and levitate. Was it an aggressive creature? No, you know, that's that's one of the funny things. There were people who said they were chased by the Mothman, but uh, and obviously that would scare the heck out of anybody. Oh, of course. Uh, 
Gee, I kind of reminds you of that movie Jeepers Creepers a little bit. Uh, but it doesn't seem like the Mothman attacked anybody. And if the Mothman were indeed some type of a vengeful, you know, aggressive predator like that, then you would think that it could have easily uh, attacked somebody. But instead, I have to say, I know there are a lot of people out there who love tarantulas and snakes and things like that. I'm not one of them, all right? I, I, I understand every creature out there has a role to play in our ecosystem, but I prefer not to interact with tarantulas and snakes. So to me, if I see a tarantula or a snake, I, I go Whoa, in the other direction. All right? well, I don't blame uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I think that some people can uh, immediately associate one of these creatures like Mothman with something evil or demonic without looking realistically at the idea that these things are just creatures that evolved in a slightly different way than we did on a slightly in a slightly different dimension and that they just sort of interact with us from time to time and there's no reason to take all of our sort of human characteristics and project those upon them um, we we have to look at this like another form of animal and we generally define an animal as good or bad based upon whether or not it seems to have our best interests in mind. So you take a dog, for example. Well, the dog's Mr. Friendly if he's coming up to uh, get a handout around the campfire and then he's barking at the bears that are coming around at night. On the other hand, if you get attacked by a dog, well, he's not Mr. Friendly anymore. And so there is a bit of a a gray area there that we have to uh, apply to these interdimensional beings as well. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.